I love what Jordan asked, the question that he asked right there. He said, what would the world look like if we actually did this? If we left here today and we, and we actually did this, what would the world look like if we just actually loved like Jesus? What would it look like, man? This place would be insane, man. I mean, I mean if, 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 if you and I decided to say, you know what, man, we're not going to play no games. We're going to go be, 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 I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, and I'm out, man. You know what I mean? We're going to be all the way in, and, and I'm going to pursue this life in Christ. All right, what would the world, what would this, okay, let's just start right here. What would this town look like today if we decided that we're going to love just like Christ? Yeah, man, it would be amazing. Right, and, that, and then, you know, so, so, you know, we've been going through the book of Luke here together as, as, uh, as, as a church, man, and, and, and we're in the middle of this, uh, of this sermon that Jesus has given, and that's exactly what he's talking about, right? He, he gives this huge sermon, right, in Luke chapter 6, right, and it's exactly what he's talking about. He, he starts just so crazy, and this, this is a message, all right? I'm going to set the scene, all right? Jesus is chilling, right? He's, he's, he's hanging out with his boys, and a whole bunch of people are following him. There's a big crowd on the other side of those people that are following him. And, you know, he's doing all kinds of cool stuff, man. And, and people are just there for the tricks and stuff like that. But, but a lot of people are also there because there's something happening, and they're, and they're recognizing you see, uh, and Jesus was surrounded by these people, by a crowd of people, all right? Many, all kinds of people who were called his disciples. And he took advantage of the crowd and began to just share this crazy sermon. And the sermon that he's given is a disciple's sermon because he, he looks at those who, who, like, who like people like you who showed up, all right, to hear the word of God. And so that's what he's given them, the word of God. And, he, and he's given them this disciple's sermon. You can tell, man, because he starts, you know, he gets, he gets all crazy when he starts saying, you know, I want you to love your enemies. What? I want you to love your enemies. I, I want you to do good to those who hate you. Wait, what? I want you to bless the people who are talking crazy about you. All right? And I want you to pray for the people who are abusing you. And this is crazy when you're thinking about this, you know, but, but Jesus is saying, look at, I'm calling you guys to something way different. I'm calling you guys to something real, real crazy. Imagine again, what Jordan's question, what would it look like if we actually loved the way he's calling us to love? Because if we can love our enemies, man, then, then there's not a person on the planet that we can't show love. Amen. That's exactly where he's going with that. But this crazy love this insane love that he's calling us to is sometimes really, really hard to recognize if you cannot see the mercy of God. You see, because this mad love, this crazy love, it calls for crazy, insane mercy. You cannot love like Jesus without knowing the mercy of Jesus. All right, here we go. This is what we're talking about today. You cannot know the love of Jesus Christ. You cannot show the love of Jesus Christ. You cannot give the love of Jesus Christ without knowing the mercy of Jesus Christ. Check this out. When I was a kid, all right, I was very, I, I was, uh, I, I went to trial for baseball. Anybody play baseball here? Any baseball players? Okay, I was not a baseball player, all right? I went out for baseball, man, and I thought, I just couldn't wait to hit that baseball, all right? And I was in fourth grade, and, and every time, all right, I'd go out to bat, I would swing at everything the pitcher threw. 
All right, and I guess you're not supposed to do that. All right, I thought you were. I thought the point is, is to take this stick right here and crank that ball out of this park. I thought that was the point, all right? And I was swinging at every pitch, missing every one of them, right? Missing. I never, I n- not one time did I ever hit that baseball. Never, ever, ever. I would throw it up in the air whoop, and still miss it. All right, I would set it on a, t- a cup and still I would swing at everything and miss everything. That's just the way it was. And then they put me on the outfield. I thought, okay, cool. I can catch. Maybe I can catch, right? Anybody here, you know, maybe you can feel my pain because I thought, yeah, I want to be that guy who makes that great catch. He caught it. You know what I mean? You're out, right? Save the game, man. And they put me out in the outfield and here it'd come. And I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd put my glove up and it'd be way back there. All right. Boom. Totally missed. I was missing everything, swinging at everything and missing everything, not hitting nothing. And what happened is that actually became like a metaphor for my life. And not because of that, but I started to recognize that my whole life, I just started swinging at everything, swinging at everybody. Every time I was merciless in my swings. If you threw me a pitch, man, you know what I mean? I was not going to let you make me small. I was going to make you small. So if you threw me a pitch, all right, I was going to swing and I was going to hit it. All right. And if you gave me an opportunity, I was going to make you smaller so that I could feel bigger and feel higher and higher and higher. And that just kind of became my life for so many years. Merciless. Very judgmental, judge, jury, executioner, every time, right? Meanwhile, I'm missing every opportunity, every opportunity to love and to be loved. I couldn't even see it. I couldn't even see opportunities to love and to, and to be loved. And the first, the first evidence I ever got of Christ's love for me the first evidence I ever really, really got, the, the thing that stuck out to me the most when I was, at, when it was, was when I recognized his mercy, that he wasn't swinging at every pitch I threw him. And when I started recognizing that his mercy, man, because I threw God a lot, I threw him some lobs, man, like, okay, can you hit this one? Yeah, I that one. You know what I mean? I kept throwing him just junk, just junk. And I started recognizing his love as he kept showing me more and more mercy. I mean, I mean, if God swung at every pitch that I threw him, I'd have been undone at the very beginning. But this is where I recognize Jesus' love for me. This is where everything began to change. This is where I, I realized that, you know what, I think I want to be like him. And I wasn't even, I, 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 was, I was an adult already, and I started noticing this. This is where I started to learn that I didn't have to swing at every pitch that everybody threw me. This is where I learned that, you know what, I didn't need to make somebody else feel small just so I can feel big. This is where I learned that I wanted to be merciful. I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be just like my God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just give you the praise. We just give you the honor. We just give you the glory, Lord God. In the mighty name of Christ, Lord, I just want to pray, Lord God, for your word here this morning, Lord. I pray there's some big stuff here. God, and uh, 
man, I really don't want to mess it up. So um, I'm praying, Father, that you will just lead through this and help me get out of the way. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, well, we're, well, again, the scene, we're, we're in Luke chapter 6. You know, we've been going through the book of Luke. We're going to be going through it for a couple of years. All right, it's just, you know, it's pretty, we pretty much are though, right? I mean, we're, we're only in Luke 6, and it's like already, what, it's going to be July? And we started this in June, man, and so, I mean, there's 24 chapters, man, all right? And so we're going to be in there probably, like I said, until Jesus comes back. Um, and so, uh, but, but we're in the middle of this, and it's crazy because we're watching all these different snapshots of Christ's life. And, and, uh, and just to kind of uh, uh, give you again, and more context, a little bit more than I gave you earlier, he, he's preaching, he's teaching, and he's just, uh, you know, he's been doing a lot of miracles and doing a lot of teaching here, but then we have this, this kind of extended sermon, and it's a disciple's sermon. You see, there's a crowd around that is benefiting from the words that are coming out of Christ's mouth, obviously, as everybody would if they would lean in. But the, 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 the sermon is for the disciples. And the crowd is benefiting. You, you get to decide who you are today. Are you the disciple who's going to lean in and say, I want to be like Jesus? Or are you the crowd that leans in and say, oh, this is pretty good advice for life? Which is it? Anyways, he, he continues in this sermon after, you know, and I, I want to start with a verse that we left off with last week as he's talking about loving your enemies, you know, doing good to those who hate you and so on. And we kind of exhausted that crazy love that Christ has for us and that he's asking us to, just, to have for others like him. There's this pivotal verse in, the, in, 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 in this sermon and it's verse 36 in chapter six. He says, be merciful even as your father is merciful. He's basically saying all these things that I'm telling you, yeah, there's some good advice here. There's some good things to follow, but you know what? God is the standard of all these things. He is the standard of this character that we're asking you uh, to own. He says, be merciful just like dad. Be merciful just like your father. He's saying, you know what? Be like your father in heaven, all right, who is merciful. This is a huge order. This is a tall order. And in order for you to understand this order, in order for you to understand to be merciful as your father is merciful, in order for you to understand this, all right, you need to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, so I'm getting ready to read through some area of scripture, all right? Because you can't love like Jesus without knowing the mercy of Christ. All right? And so I'm going to share some gospel scriptures. All right? And the words are going to be flying all over the place. It's out of the book of Romans in chapter 3. I'm just going to kind of take us aside here real again and just kind of explain the gospel. Uh, the idea here is what, what I want you to notice here, because again, words are going to be flying everywhere. I'm going to try to unpack a few of these words, because some of those words we don't even use. All right? Uh, but I want you, uh, what I want you to listen for Here's what I want you to listen for, because there's a lot here that I'm getting ready to share. But what I want you to listen for, is God really merciful? And what does that mercy look like in your life? All right? And in Romans chapter 3, all right, uh, and in the middle of this, chapter 3, verse 21, all right, he, uh, Paul, the apostle who wrote this book, is explaining this for us. 
And he says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. You see, uh, for years, all right, we had, all right, this, 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 this book of the law. And it was like, here's what you need to do to be as right as you can with God. Follow this rule, this rule, this rule, this rule. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Maybe some of these, some of these, some of these, some of these. This is kind of up in the air. What do you think? All right, all these different things that were taking place. And, and this is what, we're, what would make us right with God. And he says, but now, all right, but now the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from that. Not without that. He didn't say without the law. He just says apart from this. He goes, hold on to that, but hold on. Let me give you something different. You see, the law was the standard of right and wrong. Justification before God. Be perfect because he is perfect. All right? And if you've ever tried to be perfect, has anybody here tried to be perfect? Anybody? Give it a shot. I've tried. I've tried for 10 minutes. One day, I tried my best. I couldn't do it. All right? I couldn't do it. It was impossible. All right? You know that, that it is impossible, all right, to, to, to be perfect. So, 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 so nobody's nailing it. All right? We have this law. Nobody's nailing it. Nobody's knocking it out of the park. But he says, but now God is revealing his righteousness, his, right, his righteousness apart from that, not without it, apart from that. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. He said, there's this, there's this new rightness with God. There's this new rightness with God, faith in Jesus Christ. This law right here, these all these do's and don'ts, this big list that we try to make sure that we're kind of pleasing God with. He says, it's a good list. Don't throw it in the trash. But here's where I want you to start. I want you to start right here. Faith in Christ for all who believe. This is new right. This is what makes you right with Christ. Faith in Christ. Look at verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Law or no law, everyone falls short of his glory. No matter how good or how many rules you keep, no matter how well you do at this, no matter how hard you try to wrench it, man, everyone falls short. So we needed something else. We needed something more to be right with God. He says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God but are, and, are, and are justified, all right? Now, here's what I love. This word justified is a really awesome word, all right? And, and it's been simplified, and I, I'll go with the simple answer, just as if I'd never done it, all right, justified, and are justified by his grace as a gift through redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, we, 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 here's this law, be right with God, can't do it, man, we're falling short every time, guess what, I have this way right here, faith in Jesus Christ, faith in him, all right, is just as if you've never done it, you are justified in, in, by faith in Christ, Everyone who trusts in the finished work of Jesus Christ, not just the finished work on the cross, but the resurrection from the grave. You see, we can trust the cross all day long, but you got to trust that he got out of the grave. And we are justified by his grace as a gift. He gave it. We didn't even have to work for that. Now, here's where it gets crazy. Words are going to fly over the place, all right? Verse 25 is a crazy verse, all right? But hold on. Stay with me. Some words, all right? Here we go. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. What? Right? <laughs> 
propitiation, if you look that up, basically, it, 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 there's a payment that's owed, all right? And, and God is making the payment, all right? Every one of us here owes a payment, all right? And it's a payment we cannot pay, man. We, just, there's, we don't got enough, all right? Our account is way low compared to the debt that is definitely owed. And he says, whom God himself put forward, Jesus Christ, as a, as a payment uh, that was owed for our sin by his blood to be received by us by faith. And this was to show his righteousness because in his, here, here's our word, in his divine forbearance. Okay, what the heck? Let me simplify that. By his mercy. Be merciful as your father in heaven is merciful. Remember, this is where we're going with that. Remember what I'm telling you, look for his mercy. All right. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, in his heavenly mercy, he passed over our former sins. Forbearance literally means to be refraining from, from, from the enforcement of a debt that is owed. You know what? We're owed. We're, we, we owe a debt. And so in verse 26, he says it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be the just and the justifier. There it is. The just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. In summary, you, you, you can't love with the love of Christ without knowing the mercy of God. All right? You, you can't do this without knowing the mercy. And my question is, do you really understand the gospel? The mercy of God. And I'm going to sum it up really quickly here. Are you ready? All right? All right? In summary, what we just read is God is a just God. And in his justice, he demands a payment for sin. In his justice, he demands, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us, man. I don't care how, you know, how many times you go to church, man, a year, or how many Bible studies you've been in, or how many scriptures you can quote, or how many prayers you pray. Every one of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Because God is a just God. Sin demands a payment. But then there's this divine forbearance. And so by his mercy, he delayed the payment for your sin. You see, when, when the humans got on the planet, all right, it didn't take but a moment for us to sin against God. But in his divine forbearance, it says that he passed over the former sins in verse 25. Right? So in his justice, he demands a payment, but, but, but by his mercy, he delayed the payment. And then by his grace, here it is, he made the payment for your sin. Because he is the just who demands a payment and the justifier who made the payment. Is the word starting to make a little more sense now? Do you see why it's so important for us if we're going to be like Jesus? We have to need to understand what Jesus is like. Amen? All right, you can go home now. See you later. Praise the Lord. <laughs> His is the standard for love and mercy and grace. 
All right? His is, so when Jesus says in Luke chapter 3, verse 36, be merciful even as your father is, merc- is merciful, this is the standard he's referring to. You understand? This is the standard, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel that we just shared. This is the standard, man, when he's calling us. So if you're ever, ever tripping, like how merciful, how many times, you gotta forgive, how many, where, you know, what kind of love, this is the standard. He's showing you right here, man. This is what he's talking about. This is where he gives us room to move forward. In verse 37, where he says, now, now judge not, and you'll not be judged. Condemn not, back into Luke, sorry guys, back into Luke, condemn not and you won't be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Give and it will be given good, it will be given to you. He said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put back into your lap. For the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this whole idea of good measure, what he's speaking of, he's speaking in, in, you know, in historical context, uh, what he's talking about is when, when you would go to the market, you go to get some grain, they'd get a bag right there and they just kind of put it right here and they put three quarters, uh, they fill it three quarters with grain and they just shake it down, all right? Smash it down, twist it around, shake it down, so, and then press it in there and then they put some more grain in there, right? right? Shake it around, press it down and then they put it all the way to the rim, all right, to where they have a little bit of a cone, right? And then they just kind of just start pushing that down inside to where you can't even get one more grain in top of there. So you knew you got a full measure of what you paid for. And what Jesus is saying here, man, he's saying, if you want to take mercy and love and judgment and stand and use your own standards, be careful because those standards will be used against you. But if you'll use the standard of God, well, it changes everything. It changes everything. That just keeps happening. Uh, Jordan left his phone. That's what it is. I was like, what the heck is that? And it's like right there. It's like Jesus is giving me an amen every once in a while. Amen. Right, right on. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Right on. Amen. Right? I mean, think about it, man. Because what, what would it mean for you? What would it mean for, let's just make this personal. What would it mean for you? If God judged you, condemned you, forgave, withheld forgiveness from you with the same measure you do it for others. What what would it mean for you, man? When I look at this, it kind of freaks me out. Because according to Jesus, he already does. What? And I have people, I see people, I love the tattoos. You see, only God can judge me. All right, has anybody here got that tattoo? Because I'm going to make fun of it right now. <laughs> I'm going to totally make fun of that tattoo. Sorry. All right, no, I'm not judging you, okay? I just, but I just want to remind you that he pretty much is. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> but what I love about this is Jesus is not prohibiting good judgment. He's not saying that you can't have good judgment. He's not saying that, that, that unconditional love means unconditional approval. We as, come on, we're parents. A lot of us are parents. We know that's crazy, right? But he's just telling us there's a difference between good judgment and living in judgment, right? And not understanding his mercy. Not re- I mean, that's one thing, you know, we're, we all want to receive his mercy, but do we want to give it? That's what he's talking about. 
There's a difference between good judgment and living in judgment. Let me ask you a few questions that might be a little revealing. How often do you find yourself only thinking about the worst in people, in certain people? How often do you find yourself only thinking of the worst, about the worst in certain people? Every time you think of that person, you're like, man, all you think about is the worst or a type of person. I'm, Debbie and I were at uh, uh, Circle K one day, right? And uh, I'm uh, putting some gas in this one evening. And um, I've always, I've always trip on people who wear their pants way down to here, right? I mean, the belt buckle is right here, right? <laughs> and, and they're walking like this, right? And the pants are hanging out. And I'm like, well, this is some pretty nice underwear. I probably can get some of those. Where'd you get them? You know what I mean? Uh, but I always trip out. And sometimes I begin, sometimes, a lot of times I begin to prejudge. Like, what are you thinking, dude? You know what I mean? And one time we're at Circle Camp putting some gas, and this dude gets out of the car, right? He's in this truck. And he starts walking like this, like, oh, man, this guy, this is his dad's truck. You know what I mean? It ain't even his truck, right? And a girl gets out. And immediately I'm thinking, man, this girl could do better, man. She could do so much better. I'm putting this gas in the car. She could do way better than that, man. Come on, man. All right? And I'm thinking, you know, you're just thinking all this stupid stuff. He goes in the store buys whatever he's buying. I'm putting my gas in. I'm topping it off, right? Pull it out. And here he comes. He's coming out. Uh, they're, they're coming out. She's a little bit ahead of him. I'm going, man, he's not even walking with her. He's looking at something, right, on his phone. And then all of a sudden, he starts running. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? He starts running. <laughs> right? <laughs> he starts running. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? And he ran all the way to the truck so they can get her before she did, so he can open the door for her. <laughs> what? And she gets in, she had a dress, and he made sure her dress didn't get caught in the door, closed the door for her, and then he <laughs> ran around and got in the truck. I felt like an idiot. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, that's a good guy right there. That's a good guy. That's a good guy, right? <laughs> I mean, how often do you find yourself only thinking the worst about certain people? Or how about this? Are there, are there people that when you talk about them, you only talk about their faults? I mean, you're not even looking for something good to say about them. Like you want to see them fail. And every time... You see them fail. You amplify that failure. Does that ever happen with you? What if, what if God would look at us like that? Just totally, just constantly amplifying our failures. I'm, I don't know. What about this, man? Do you ever find yourself judging an entire life by, some, by someone's worst moments? You just, you, just, you just paint a picture of their entire life just because they've had some bad, bad moments in life. They've done some bad things or some stupid things. Jesus tells another parable later on in Luke chapter 18, and he tells this story. And I'll just read through it without teaching through it because I think you'll get it. It says in Luke 18, chapter nine, verse 9, it says that he also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. He says, two men were, went up to a temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other one was a tax collector. One was a, basically a religious leader, and the other one was somebody that the people hated. A Pharisee standing by himself 
prayed like this. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners and unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector back here. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I get. But the tax collector standing afar off wouldn't even lift his head up to heaven, his eyes up to heaven, and, and he beat on his breast and he just said, God, forgive me. Be merciful, merciful to me, sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. But to the one who humbles himself will be exalted. You see, God has already made us larger than life. There's no reason for us to make others feel so small. There's no reason for us to swing at every pitch. God has already made us larger than life in Christ Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit, all right, for his glory. There's no reason for us to be swinging at every pitch, all right, to keep people down, to make ourselves feel bigger and stronger and, 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 and taller and, and better or whatever. You see, this message right here is for the church. It's for the disciples. We can, we can never take a stance that is so hard against sinners, all right, sinners, that they will never know the love of Jesus Christ through us. We can never take such a hard stance against sinners. Against sin, yes, absolutely, we take a hard stand against sin. But against the people, all right, that God, that Jesus died for, we can't take such a hard stance against them, all right, that, we, that they'll never know the love of Christ through us. Amen. I've had so many people, man, just try to set me straight. I'm not kidding. I remember when, uh, when Debbie and I were first started coming into the church and uh, started working with kids and, you know, I just loved preaching to, to them and telling them about Jesus, taking them out in the streets and doing all kinds of fun stuff. And we're just kind of just, we, we just hit the streets a lot. We had a lot, of, had a lot of good times out there. And I remember the pastor's wife of our church there told Debbie, pulled Debbie aside one time and said, you know, um, Ernie will never be a pastor, you know, because of his past. He's done way too many bad things to ever be a pastor. And I love my wife because she just said, well, we're just glad to be here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, we're trying to, you're not trying to be a pastor. I wasn't even, I didn't, I didn't have designs or any thoughts or I didn't even know that's where God was calling me. All right, back then, I was just glad, we were just glad to be there. But that, that could have been a very damaging, a very damaging thing to say to somebody. When you take the place of God. I remember they told us, <laughs> this is, oh man. I remember they told us, I don't know if this is going to work. Probably not. Oh, I can't get, I was going to take some selfies with this phone. Anyways, I remember, <laughs> I remember when, um, I remember when, when they told us, that this was uh, never going to be a church. You guys will never be a church. All right. <laughs> hey, what's happening? All right. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> I remember they told, they told us, man, early on, you guys don't even think you guys are going to be a church, man. This is not, you guys, it's just, you're just not those guys. It's not those people. 
And it's just funny how many, how many times people will try to take the place of God in your life with judgment and condemnation. Jesus is trying to warn us against not being those people, man. He's telling us to be very careful not to judge, condemn, and withhold forgiveness all right, to someone that, 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 uh, to, to the point that it never encourages them towards Jesus. We have to be very, very careful with this. He said in Luke chapter 6, verse 39, he says, he also told them a parable. Can, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? He's warning, he's warning, again, it's a disciple's sermon. He's warning the disciple against self-righteousness, against arrogance, against judgmentalism, all right? And he's basically saying, if, if you're this blind, how are you going to be sight for somebody else? I mean, if, if you're having a hard time loving the people that Jesus died for, should you be leading anyone? A lot of you could be thinking, well, there's a lot that you're not saying, Pastor. I'm reading through the text. That's what we're doing today. There's more things that we can go. We can talk about, well, what about sin? What about, you know, should we be judging people in the church? And should we, you know, that's another sermon, another time. I'm reading through what, the, what, what Jesus has said here in this sermon right here today. And I got a question, man. I got to challenge you that. If, if you're having a hard time loving the people that Jesus died for, should you be leading anyone? Look at the next verse. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Ultimately, will be like Jesus. Fathers, it's your family look at you and say, he's like Jesus. And if not, what's that going to take for you to be more like Jesus to your family and in your family? I was getting ready this morning. I'm looking in the mirror and my grandson's up here uh, for uh, the summer, one of my grandsons. And he comes in and tells me, happy Father's Day, Grandpa. And I says, hey, man, will you do me a favor? Will you call me Papa one more time? Because he's old now. He don't want to call me Papa. Right? And he did. I was like, it just warmed my heart. And I looked in the mirror. I thought, dude, <laughs> you're old. <laughs> man, <laughs> you're old, man. But the question is, in my life, am I getting more cranky, more contentious, more irritable as I grow older, or am I becoming more and more like Christ? That's a challenge, and you guys know what I'm talking about. A disciple is not above his teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. 
Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7 says, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word to you, all right, uh, of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And I want to challenge you, is your faith imitation worthy? Is it imitation worthy? Finally, he, he, he tells us, don't, you know, he leads us in this area not to be quick to judge until you're willing to deal with your own problems. I like to say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. All right? He goes on in the next few verses. He says, why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye and don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that out of your eye, all right, when you can't even see the log that's in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck that's out of your brother's eye. You can't, you can't love like Jesus without knowing the mercy and without showing the mercy of Jesus. You see, because you guys are here, because you guys are here right now, all right, because, because you're here, all right, you know, people are looking to you. Because you're here today and because people you know know that you're here today or this is what your life is about or this is the direction your life is heading, they're looking to you to make it easier for them to know and to see Jesus. They're looking to you to possibly lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus. What are you going to do about that? We've been told. Here's what I want you to do. At least to start. Be merciful. Even as your father is merciful. That's where we start. That's where we that's where we that's where we that's where we go. How does what does that look like? All right, it, it, again, it's not unconditional approval. Number one, hold people accountable, but leave room for repentance. Hold people accountable, all right, but leave room for repentance. God holds every one of us accountable for our sin, but he also leaves room for repentance. Number two, forgive as you have been forgiven. That's a tall order. That is crazy. Until you know how much you've been forgiven, it's going to be really, really hard to forgive as you've been forgiven, but, but pursue an understanding of that forgiveness. And number three, check yourself daily. You don't just jump in and like, all right, cool, man. Everything's great. I'm all about this now. This is all me. You have to check yourself daily. You have to examine ourselves daily. Amen? We need to be merciful as your Father in heaven is merciful. Hold people accountable, but leave room for repentance. Forgive as you have been forgiven and check yourself daily. Amen? Here's the scripture we went through today. I want you to kind of read through this scripture, take a picture of this so you got it if you want to study this up. I always challenge you guys, man. I always try to remember to challenge you guys anyways to check our work. Check our work, man. There's, I've added some more verses there. Give you some good Bible study for this week. Check our work, man, and check your work. 
and then trust his work. Amen. And finally, man, love the way that you are loved. Love the way that you are loved. Right now, we're, we're going to take a moment to sing a song, all right? And it's not just, you know, icing on the sermon. It is still part of what God is saying to us today. So I want to challenge you to just these next couple of minutes. Take this moment. As, as we sing, sing with us or just take the time to reflect on how God is leading you right now and how he's loving you. Amen. Praise the Lord.